Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 110 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers. The show is made possible by Powers of Marketing. We focus on strategic content creation, including podcast and event production, hosting, and emceeing. And my co-host is Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. Hey, Megan. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy part two of our season six kickoff. Um, this is very exciting. I uh, I published part one yesterday, and then my Facebook memories reminded me that it was exactly <laughs> five years ago that we published episode one. So <laughs> what are the chances that <laughs> they would that they would fall on the same day? Um, bananas. But yeah, so it's been a fun ride. Yeah, it really has been. I can't believe it's been that long already. It's gone by really mm. fast, and we've covered a lot of ground. We have, we have, we have. Yeah. So now as we, as we get cooking on season six, if you'd like to be a guest, um, please hit us up on our uh, make a marketer Twitter. It's at make a marketer, making a marketer is being used by some other strange person. So make a marketer is our Twitter. So DM us on there. Um, and as I said, on part one, um, our, our groups are a little, we're a little reunion light. Um, compared to past years. Um, but that's okay. Um, we will um we still enjoy having these conversations with our guests that we had in um in season five. <laughs> All right. Our guest right meow is Rain Bennett. Welcome, Rain, to to the reunion. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't throw a curveball like that right at the intro. I'm like stumbling already. Thank you for well, having I've, me. I'm happy to be I back. No, I I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So we will, um, as we did in part one, revisit the, the episode. We'll have our guests say a little bit about themselves and then we'll revisit their episode and then um, ask them one big question. So Rain, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into it. Well, I'm pretty awesome. At least my mom, that's what my mom told me to give, to build up my confidence <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Told me I can do anything. No, I'm, I'm a filmmaker uh, and writer, mostly nonfiction, but starting to do more fiction, uh, documentary filmmaker for over 15 years now. Um, and along the way of doing that, like taking the hard route and kind of carving my own path, the central thesis that I've, I've developed is that, you know, and we often get this wrong, especially with marketing, that we put the cart before the horse and we worry so much about tools Um, and my argument, my thesis, my philosophy is if you cultivate the skill of storytelling first, i.e. communication, conveying your message, then the format, the tool, the style that you use all you can, you can work on that later. You can start right now connecting with your audience if you tell a powerful story, but most people let the tools and the rapidly changing tools and platforms that we have in front of us either give them imposter syndrome or shiny object syndrome or anything to kind of prevent them from really doing their best work and connecting with their people. So I try to just like calm everybody down. Let's go back to the basics and understand how to communicate through stories. And if if you don't have a big budget, don't have a lot of technical know-how, you can still connect with the hearts and minds of your audience by using that timeless human communication skill or tool of storytelling. Awesome, which is a great segue into your episode, which obviously we ended up talking about that. The name of the episode is Turn Your Tragic Flaw Into Your Superpower, and that was episode 101. We did that one live, so Jen wasn't wasn't on with us um, live on, on, on camera, but here she is with us today. Um, but yeah, so let's, yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> okay, so, and you wrote a book, um, called the six second six second story what is it yeah. your six second, six second story um so let's talk about your episode so with this uh, turning a tragic flaw into a superpower mm-hmm. like let's tell us about what that's what's about that so in this journey of storytelling like the first thing that people think um so sometimes all people think or the the main thing people think stories are used for are outward communication, i.e. marketing, right? To sell our ideas and products and services. And they're very effective at that. But I really try to make people understand it's communication and connection tool first. And then how you use it depends on what your mission is. So one of the most powerful ways 
and that you can use it. And one of the most uh, the most common struggles that people have is that inward internal communication with themselves, like understanding themselves very clear. So my you know approach is the more you understand yourself and your story. Uh, then the better you can be at communicating that to others who need, need to hear it, i.e. your target audience. So often the story that we tell ourselves is really limiting us from doing the, our best work. And that happens from some of the things I mentioned already, an imposter syndrome. Uh, it also happens when uh, curveballs or obstacles are thrown your way, which, yes, are inevitable. But, hey, it doesn't make them any easier to navigate. We are still de dealing with one that was catastrophic, global, historic. Right. And that really threw a lot of people's businesses off axis and eliminated many of them. And it really challenged people to understand what they do well in the world or what they can do now if they've lost their job. So turning your tragic flaw into your superpower is an approach that I take with people that I work with to understand your story so well that you can be malleable, that you can be flexible, that you can understand what unique gifts, what unique perspectives you hold that can help people and then how to identify those people and then how to market to those people. So uh, the thing about stories is they do not exist without conflict, without drama, without problems, without obstacles. And so we're going to be dealt this whether, you know, whether it's something as huge as a global pandemic or just something as a, like a lull in sales at the end of the year. Like there's always going to be challenges we have to overcome. And the sooner we can get out of our heads and quit telling ourselves stories that aren't necessarily true and get back focused on what we do well, you know, the sooner we can keep pushing down that line of, of achieving the goals that we set out to achieve. I love that so much. Six seconds is fast. Very so fast. tell us about how, like, how do you help uh, people craft an impactful story in six seconds? You just get back to the basics. This is something that I hammer home the most. The people that I work with aren't all novices, but they are generally people who... I don't want to say underdogs, but people who are overwhelmed and under-resourced, right? A lot of small to medium businesses, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of nonprofits. And again, we get caught up in this trap of like, oh my gosh, should I be on TikTok? Do I need it? What camera do I need? Et cetera, et cetera. All these questions that we ask ourselves and we keep spinning in circles and never do anything. So everything, this doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve, you know, basketball, becoming a chef or just a decent cook, everything comes back to mastering the basics. So six second stories is, you know, telling a story, connecting with people emotionally through story in a short amount of time is something we're all tasked with now, whether you're on TikTok or using short form video or whatever, there is simply too much, uh, too much competition for attention. It's not that we don't have attention spans that, that, that you know, or they're very short. It's that we have too much competition. And if something doesn't show us that it's going to give us value immediately, we'll tune it out because something right, you know, just one scroll away is behind it that might. And so because of that, you have to connect with people emotionally quickly. And But all it comes down to is the basics, understanding how to conjure up empathy, how to understand the people you're talking to, how to hook their attention and keep their attention. And all of these are the fundamentals of storytelling, whether you're doing a 10-hour Ken Burns documentary series for PBS or a three-hour podcast or a six-second bumper ad on YouTube or a six-second TikTok, right? You still have the same arc, the same structure of conflict, journey to solve that conflict and resolution of that conflict. That is a story. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it just that just got me thinking about actual stories and Instagram and how they're 15 seconds. And I, I was thinking because six seconds is fast, but sometimes I'm fast forward through if something's not it's 15 seconds long. But if I've seen what I need to see, I'm moving on. So totally. And you and everybody sense. else in the world. Right. So and that's OK, you know, because if it's not for you, it's not for you. But the thing right. is connecting with people and, and, and making them understand if it's for them as soon as possible else they will tune out. So we're cutting out intros of like, Hey, I'm rain and blah, 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 blah. And blah. I'm already gone because look, right. I mean, that doesn't tell me anything about me, what I need. Right. If I'm the viewer. But also right. Hot off the presses. You can no longer put a video in your story. Videos are only in reels now on Instagram. So just really? a little and aside. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Instagram fun, is Instagram is, is, is like, like, <laughs> so many changes lately. It's bananas. Yeah, and that's yeah. not a good look because they're just literally jumping from thing to thing to thing. It's like take a stance and 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 you know, stand by it. Right, for sure. All right, awesome. So love that that recap. That was a perfect recap on your episode. So if you have not listened to episode 101, please go back and listen to that. And now I believe Jen has that big question for you. All right, Rain. So um, what is the number one business lesson that you've learned since March of 2020? This is this is a great question because so many of us had had so we either learned a lesson in March 2020 or we didn't basically right? <laughs> right and the people that I know and there's a lot of case studies that that reflect this the people that I know that were able to trudge through that and navigate uh, through that and come out on top or at least like treading water are people that clear and this this ties right back into what we were saying about uh, my previous episode and understanding your story very well it, are the people that understand what what problem you solve and for whom very clearly but this is the the key and why and when you understand those three things then the how can change so an example uh my brother is a caterer uh, wet, weddings we were talking about a wedding before we started uh, yeah. recording in in north carolina well obviously that's one of the the, the industries that got hit the hardest and so you have to ask yourself, as he did, you know, am I a wedding chef or wedding caterer or do I provide people with, you know, solutions to their food problems or his tagline is Carolina cuisine with a California twist. So it's kind of huh. like Southern food, but with a, a, a healthy uh, flair to it, a healthier flair or lighter flair to it. Um and so what they did was they pivoted and understood that that's they weren't just a wedding caterer. And so they started making family dinners, which hmm, are people staying at home? Yeah. Would they want great meals delivered to them? Of course, because nobody's going out to restaurants. So he started making these big batch family dinners that feed four for like the week, which is what he did instead of you know plate by plate. He's used to cooking for 200 people and deliver, de delivering them to them. And that started doing really well. They had this portal on their website that people could, could order and they would deliver. Well, then when weddings started coming back, guess what? Now you've got the weddings and this new revenue stream that you've created. Your business has doubled. Or you could have stayed doing that. But if you stay limited to I am this, then when things happen like a global pandemic, you're stuck if it changes your business model or prevents you. For me, I, I do a lot of public speaking. That got taken away from me. But when I understand clearly that I help people leverage storytelling to do their best work, I know that I'm not, I'm a professional public speaker. So I started coaching one-on-one -on -one and started creating courses. Well, that really took off and I really became really passionate about it. I didn't even know that was something that would light my heart on fire the way it did, working with people one-on-one. -on -one. Now speaking gigs have come back up and I'm still coaching on the side. So when you understand fully what problem you solve, for whom, and why, then that how is can change and you can pivot at any moment. And when something takes away that way, that how that you were previously delivering those results, you can you can simply choose another one, but not unless you understand fully those three things before that. Wow, that really ties the whole conversation together that we just had. Like that's amazing. It's Let's go. <laughs> here, here we're gonna talk about this, but we're just gonna really drive it home with a fantastic example right now. That's awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thanks, Rain. We, um, My pleasure. as always, appreciate you very much um, being on the show and then coming back for the reunion. You are welcome to stay for the next group or you're welcome to go and enjoy um, the rest of your Friday. But we want to thank you. All right. Well, no offense. I love you, ladies, but I'm going to choose the latter. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> have a, have All right. a great thanks. weekend, have a great Friday, Rain. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. We are now into our next group of people, and the guests in this group are Ms. Jen Cole, who, uh. though a co-host, was a guest in episode 105, and Julia Jornsay-Silverberg. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello, Megan. Hello, Julia. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. How are you guys? Amazing. Doing really Friday, good Friday. today. Yes. Yeah, so this is part two, and you're in 
you're in group two or we may end up having four groups in this. We'll see how it all, we'll see how it all shakes out. But, um, but yeah, so I, uh, will, will ask you to share a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into your episode and then, um, and then I'll ask you one, the one big question that, that we set up. So I'm going to start with Jen, um, Miss Jen, what, um, tell our listeners about yourself. They, they hear the company that you work for and they hear you talking with our guests, but they almost never hear like about what, what you do and like what, you know, what's your jam. Yeah. So it's, it's been kind of an interesting time right now because like I, you know, I'm hired as the social media manager at Greneman group and um, and that's, that's a big job. It's fun. I do the social media for clients. I do the social media for the brand, but, uh, <laughs> it's also shifting kind of because of Instagram and it's constant changing now becoming more of a content, like it's really more heavily into content creation. Um, whereas before, you know, it was, it was kind of a piece of what I did, but now we're spending time on content creation and it's something that I, uh, found out once I kind of get started getting the hang of it, I freaking love, I am, I'm freaking loving it. Like it's, it's more than just picking a pretty image and all that other kind of stuff. It's, uh, they've kind of started getting me into the design part of it, which I've always told people I'm not a designer. I'm not going to, you don't want to see this. I'm going to make this look bad, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting to surprise myself and I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about it. So they, so um, we're rolling with the punches. We're rolling with those Instagram real punches that we were just talking about a second ago. And, uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, outside of that, I, I'm a mom to two boy, two teenage boys, one who literally officially started high school today. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I have, um, I have this amazing photographer boyfriend, and then I have my dogs and my cats. And we do everything Wichita all the time. And so that's kind of our lives, except for next, next weekend, we'll be doing Kansas city things because that's what we do too. Because, you know, cause that's where the chiefs play. They don't play. In that's where the chiefs play. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so that's a good lead in. I mean, your, your episode, basically we talked about you being a social um, media manager and um, kind of your role there uh, and how focusing you went from working for a media company, which is was all things social media, yeah. to a small agency where you were working with a lot of local um, yeah. companies. And now yeah. you're at an agency which has a industry focus, which is aviation, yeah. Yeah. right? And so we talked about, um, you know, how has that been? Let's a little recap a little about how, how it's been to like have a and I, that was perfect timing. I don't know if you could hear the airplane that just flew by, but I live near the airport in San Diego. So you hear, you hear airplanes all the time on the show and you hear her um, dogs all the time on yep. the show. So those are two um, standing, standing uh, guests behind the scenes guests always on our show. Talk about, talk about that. How has it been? It's been great. Um, it's funny because I am a, I am a former pilot's wife. My ex-husband is a pilot in the air force and is a charter pilot and is a sim instructor. He's a busy guy. And so, um, and I grew up in an air force town. So airplanes have been a part of my life, like literally my whole life. And so, and, and it just so happens, Wichita happens to be the, the air capital of the world. And, um, to be able to work on these brands whose, um, whose homes are here in Wichita, uh, these aviation legends that I had no idea about until I like literally start reading about them and deep diving them and researching them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a crap ton of history right here. This is crazy. And then one of my clients, they had um, at their, um, they call it an, an, an FBO or an MRO. It's where they, um, they maintain or they fix or they gas up or whatever the planes. This uh, traveler, he is a 17 year old from Belgium who is trying to be the first solo, the youngest solo pilot to ever fly around the world by himself. So he stopped in at their place um, on Monday and the pictures that I got back and got to write a caption for and post were just incredible because that's a piece of history. It's insane. Right. Um, so that, that was out in LA. He's going all over the world. I think he has like three more stops and then he's going to be done. Um, which is really cool. So just, 
I don't know, like aviation is in action all the time. I've learned a lot of lingo that I never thought I would need to use again. <laughs> as I also learned that I already knew a lot of the lingo that I had no idea I was already using. So it's been kind of a natural thing. It's been very exciting. And the, the people that I work for, um, I got lucky again because they're, <laughs> they're so talented. A couple of them, um, there was one lady named Deanna and she is a former journalist, and, but she's been with the company for 30 years. Wow. And I only got to work for her or work with her for six months. But the, um, the way that watching her write changed my own writing and the way that I think about writing, it was, it's insane. And so they're like, Oh, Deanna's retiring one day. And I'm like, she's what, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not allowed. <laughs> I've only had six months with you. Oh man. I don't, I, I tried to tell this woman how much uh, she impacted my life in such a short time, but I don't think she gets it because it's oh. huge. So it's I been, it's been wonderful. It's been it's been really positive. Awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. All right. Now, Miss Julia, we talked about empowering online authenticity and I have shared your, I just, I looked at our stats this morning and, um, your, you, your show is one of the most popular shows of, of season five. Um, and I think that, uh, like just a lot of it was just so I, I needed it. And I think it's one of those, it's one of those episodes too, that you can just keep re-listening to. Like, I think you even said yourself, like, you're like, I'm having a down day. I need to listen to this. I need to hear my own words back to me. Yes. Yes. So tell, tell our listeners about yourself. Let's do like the brief, brief bio kind of thing. And then we'll get into that. So I'm Julia Dornsey Silverberg. I um, am the brand manager at Now Marketing Group. That is what I do for my day job. And on the side slash in every other free moment, I am doing my thing on social media. I'm a really big um, fan of what I like to call the anti-highlight reel. So my whole thing is about showing up as your full self, not just showing the pretty perfect moments, but showing up as a real authentic version of you and sharing those kind of harder, messy in-between moments that people don't necessarily love to share. But in doing so, you create a lot of trust with your audience and you can really build relationships and create connections. So that's what I love to do. And that is what we talked all about. And we don't into some exercises too that people can use to really grow self-confidence and really tap into self-love and try and make that more of a practice because I believe the more we love on ourselves and really cheer ourselves on, the more we are able to bring our bright selves and full energy to every single thing that we do. I love that. Yeah. And actually I have a friend who's been having these like she's calling them like garden gatherings or something where she invites friends over and we have dinner. And then she had given them an assignment of listen to this podcast. So the last one the it was about um, imposter syndrome. And so I, I was telling, talking about your episode and I said, well, you guys definitely need to listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. And I told them about how um, one of the things you said was to write on cards, write positive attributes about yourself and maybe even, you know, ask other people what they think and use those and then put up, you know, put it in your purse, like put it on a ring and put it in your purse. So while I had COVID, I was like, well, if not now, when, you know, I'll do this, yes. this will be a nice little craft exercise. Um, but, but yeah, so I did that. And so I shared that with them and I'm actually going to take a picture of it and, and share it, it further. And so I love like your, your, your episodes, like an anthem for anyone who needs to, who needs a little boost. I mean, for, first of all, to, to learn that it's okay to be authentic, right. To be yourself, to show the other moments. But I feel like we have to talk because this is the topic and it's so timely. I feel like we have to talk a little bit about the C the crying CEO. So did you see this whole thing about the CEO? Oh, you missed it. Okay. I missed so viral, it. Like, huge. Yeah. Just Google crying CEO and you'll see it. So, um, apparently, um, I, I haven't watched the video. I just watched all the chatter about it, but okay. he posted a picture of himself crying. Uh -huh. Um, and yeah. he was crying, I think because he felt bad because they had to lay people off. But then, so some people felt like it was a little tone deaf in that it was, he made it about him and not about them. But to your point, 
he also was just trying to show vulnerability. Like a lot of people say, you know, we, we say we want CEOs to be more vulnerable and show their, you know, to not just be so strong and whatever. And there he was doing that. And he just got crucified. Yeah. Most of the, there's a lot of positivity, but I would say majority or, or not maybe, I don't know if it's majority, but a lot of these things are super, super negative. And I think that the reason why people are, there's, I believe that when it comes to being vulnerable and being authentic, there is definitely a piece that is kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. People yeah. say, we want the realness. We want the vulnerability. We want you to show up. And then in this instance, a CEO is showing up, showing up in a vulnerable way. And people are spinning it to be like, oh, well, it's all about you. And while I see both sides, I think that when it comes down to it, for each individual, it's about empowering yourself to say, I'm going to put out this vulnerable piece of content and you do it with intention so that you're hopefully providing some piece of value, either inspiring someone, educating. If the, if the post, and I I, I obviously didn't see it, but if the post was kind of like a goodness, goodness, woe is me. It's so hard to be a CEO. I can get people being like, okay, no. (laughs) But if the post is this is really hard and it is not easy to lay people off. I honestly think kudos to him and, and, or she, and they got to ignore the haters because the reality is, is a lot of times people will find something to hand slap you on, right. but if you're showing up from an authentic place and you're, you have a good intention, I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's some layers to it. Cause I think he did something and then he apologized and it was all, that's a whole thing. So anyway, y'all can Google it and see, but what <laughs> I saw before I saw it was people standing up for the, the, you know, vulnerability and like, and, and just the internet has become, well, it's always been right, but it's just this place where people can hide behind their keyboard and say whatever the heck they want, no matter what, how it's going to affect somebody else. And I think that the majority of people who are taking their time to hate on anyone's content, those are probably not content creators. Yeah. Right. Most content creators are not taking the time to bring someone else down. And that is a big thing that I like to remind people is like, listen, you can't pay attention to those haters because most of the time, if you click their profile and you go see, they have zero posts. They're not doing anything. So who are right. they? Who are they right. to chime in and tell you your post? They're not out there creating. They don't understand how hard it is and how much bravery it takes to do so. So ignore the haters and keep doing your thing. Exactly. Authentically. Well, <laughs> and there's a there's a new platform called Ibble. Have you heard of Ibble? I have not. Okay. I've heard of Be Real. So Ibble is a new social media platform that um, it's all video based and it's you, you post a video and in order for anyone to react to your video, they have to post a video back. So you have to, you can't hide behind the keyboard. You have to actually, actually (laughs) say the things, um, which the goal is then, you know, that people will be more civil. (laughs) Um, and so, um, and we may end up being a, a, um, a podcast of uh, voices of Ibble, um, um, on their podcast list. We'll see. I'm waiting to hear back. They reached out to me and then I had, they had me apply. And so I'm just like waiting to hear, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, but, uh, but I, I really, I think that's cool, especially given the way things have gone with, uh, with bots too. Right. Definitely. You know, it's actual, an actual person and not a, yeah. and not a bot. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So now it's time for me. Jen has been asking the one big question, but because she's the guest, I am asking the one big question. Jen, what has been the biggest business lesson that you've learned since March of 2020? I think there's a couple of things that I've learned. Um, one that uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like what Rain said earlier. Um, transition is not as is not as hard when it's necessary. (laughs) It's just like, Oh, well, if we want to survive, if we want to keep, you know, being amazing, we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta do it in a different way. I think there there's that absolutely because boy, did I go through some transition during that time. And I know a lot of people did, um, in more ways than one. So, um, I think transition also empathy, we were all going through something that none of us had ever gone through before. And we were, um, experiencing it. Um, and, you know, in our own ways, 
whether that be being laid off, whether that be, you know, packing on some pounds, no matter what, or having to do a completely job, a completely different job that you're not comfortable doing, which was not, that was not something I experienced, but I've heard that other people had, did have to do that because they still had to pay the bills. So, um, there, yeah, there for were sure. a lot Especially of in industries like travel, you know, yeah, uh, in hospitality yeah, and meetings and events, a lot yeah. of people have left the meetings and events industry and hospitality. This is why yeah. people aren't getting the service that they feel like they deserve when they're restaurants and hotels. And it's just because exactly. everyone's still short stop. So anyway, I digress. Continue. Yeah, no, we're still, we're still <laughs> yeah. experiencing the ripple effects from this whole thing. Right. In fact, we're still experiencing bits of the pandemic, um, itself. Yeah. And, uh, I think empathy and a willingness to transition were, were the two key lessons that I took out of the whole thing. Fabulous. I love it. Yeah. And Richard on, on our first, he, he kind of touched on that a little bit too. Uh-huh. Like he thought, well, you know, like people were like, okay, well, let's just get on with it. Like this is happening. Let's just, so let's go it? like what's next. Yeah. Let's get on with, let's get on with things. Yeah. What about you, Miss Julia? I would say the biggest lesson that I learned in the pandemic is that life is short. And so it is so important to make sure that you are aligned with what you're doing, whether that is the people you're spending time with, the clients that your business is, is your business is serving the work that you're doing. Um, I happened to lose a job that I had in the middle of the pandemic. And as the universe would have it, Jessica Phillips and I connected hours after I was laid off at my old agency. And it was like the universe handed me a job on a silver platter and was like, this is a role that is handcrafted for you with a team that you are so aligned with doing work that you're aligned with. And so for me, I I had this job that I definitely was feeling super burnt out in. I was actually, Jen, in a similar role that it sounds like you are in, in that I was doing social media for all of the agency's clients and for the agency itself. And I just felt like I never had enough hours. It was, and then with the pandemic, it was like, oh, okay, I guess I can only make content now one day at a time for all of these accounts because everything is changing moment by moment. And so it was so taxing mentally. And I didn't even have time to fully realize that because I was just in go, go, go mode. And it wasn't until losing that job where I was able to be like, whoa, I was really exhausted doing this. And this was not aligned for my spirit or soul anymore. I did love the role, but I just wasn't feeling as creative and in shifting and working now for a team that I feel more aligned with doing work that lights me up. I have felt so much more of like my just life energy back in my body. And it is just unbelievable how much energy it takes to try and convince yourself that you're happy if you're actually not. And whether that is again, in a relationship, a job, whatever it is, and making those hard changes to make sure that you are doing things that are really aligned for you, you will feel it in your body. You will feel your creativity coming back to you. You will feel your interest in socializing and going out and just playing and dancing as silly as that sounds like all of that will start to come back. And so I think that was the biggest lesson for me is realizing like life is short and I want to spend my time doing things that make me feel alive. Right. Absolutely. And I have to ask though, did you get, is your dog a COVID dog or did you have him before? Cause He's that gives COVID you life. That gives you life too. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, oh, his name is Gouda, right? Gouda like the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I love it. Well, and that I was hearing you tell your story. Cause I, I mean, I, I knew that, uh, you connected with Jessica, but I didn't realize too, like your story and how you went there. Jessica's really good about scooping people up right away because you oh, and yeah. Jen have the same story. Like yeah. <laughs> and within a few days of, of losing one job, like then, then ended up going to, to now marketing group. So yeah. kudos to, to Jessica for um, yeah. picking the right peeps. Exactly. She, she's a champ at that. She, she knows what she knows the kind of vibe she wants and, and, the, and yeah. how to get the talented people that can do it. Uh, good lady. Yeah. Very yeah. good lady. I got to see her in person recently. She was in San Diego. So that I was saw so that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say that her boyfriend's, um, 
taste in shirts are very similar to my boyfriend's. <laughs> they have funny. the same exact flamingo shirt. That I was like, funny. did he steal that from Tim when we were in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> same shirt. That's great. It's funny. It's really cool. Good people. All right. Well, I um, could talk to Julia all day and Jen, of course, but Jen's sticking around. Julia, you are, again, welcome to stay for the next group, but we want to thank you for joining us for the reunion and um, have a good rest of your summer. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, ladies. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your summer too. Thank you. All right, friends, our next guest, she is, and I know I've said this a lot, but I mean it like it, her episode is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite episodes. It's like in my top five, you, it is one of the most popular episodes, um, with uh, like, I think you're in top 10 of, of most downloads. So, um, so yeah, so welcome Cass McMahon. Hey everyone. I'm so glad to be back on this reunion. It's, it's a meeting of the fabulous minds. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, um, and you were actually our first episode of season five. So it was episode 88. And the name of the show is personal branding can drive sales and so much more. So um, awesome. So it's funny, because some of the other people we've had back have been more recent. <laughs> so this is good. We're reaching back um, into the beginning of the season. So if you have not listened to um, that episode, definitely do that. And um, once you listen to the recap, of course, you're going to be like, I have to hear it. <laughs> so tell our, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll, and then we'll get into that. Yeah. So I am Cass McMahon. I am a DEI diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, and justice. We can talk about that as new to the acronym um, a practitioner. I live in the DFW area and just a little bit about me. I love the idea of connection, of trying to figure out the best ways to not only build business strategies, but, but to build who you are around the business that you create and your place inside of the world. Um, I really love thinking about how do we balance who we are in our job job and who we are at home and all of those multiplicity of identities? And what does that look like? And how can we show up as our best selves in both places and complement each other rather than being in competition? So that's intellectually where I like to go. My role since our episode, I actually went from being an independent contractor, which I still have my business on the side through No Better, Do Better Consulting, but I also work for an amazing uh, tech company now um, as the DEI community leader and have a whole community that we are working on building better and inclusive leaders um, in the world. So that's me. Amazing. I too have taken a full-time job since, but not as, not as cool as that. I mean, that to (laughs) me is, it's, it's so wonderful that companies are are opening that space and, and, and having, having leaders within their companies, um, on the, on the very important, um, you know, I don't want to say topic topics, not a strong enough word for DEI, but the very important. Yeah. It's, it's really, there's a huge shift right now in the way that we think about leadership and the way that we think about managing folks and managing tasks, even the whole idea of like design thinking and leading with emotion, um, or having this kind of, uh, servant leadership mindset, all of those things really lead into, uh, better authenticity and more authentic leadership and inclusive leadership and all these different, you know, organizational development words, but really it is about making better leaders who are well-equipped to deal with the issues and challenges that just happen in the world that we live, right? It almost feels like uh, every other week, there's something else on fire. So we have to figure out how we're going to continue to do business and lead folks and motivate them to uh, work better for themselves and for the organizations that we're in. So it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, in community, that's like our that's what our love language um, 
for Jen and myself, um, community is, is like, like, it, and I, I've, I've been hearing people say that the word's getting a bad rap because it's being overused, but I don't buy it. I mean, sure. I think anything can be a community, right? But if you're, if you're consciously bringing people together and, and working towards a goal, a common goal, that's community, right? Yeah. Like that's, Done, done, done. Yep, that's yeah. it. So we talked about personal branding and how it can can drive sales and 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 more. Um, and I and I feel like um, you know, around that time, I had I had seen that someone had said, well, that you know, there's a there's a conversation that that happens around should you require employees to post about your company? Um, there, so that's one side of it, but also. Like, you know, as an internal, should they use their personal email or personal socials to to promote the company or whatever it is that they're that they're doing? But beyond that, there it's proven that research shows that people who build a, a strong personal brand that reflects well on their company. So let's talk to us about about that, about personal branding and how that um, can if you remember if you can reach back. Yeah. To, uh, almost a year ago. <laughs> we talked. Yeah. So I, I think we talked about it on the episode of you don't necessarily, we want to encourage folks to not work for a company, but you represent the company because ultimately you work for yourself, right? You have your right. own personal goals, whether that be um, financial goals, whether that be um, career goals, those are unique and individual to you. And that's okay. That's great. That's the idea. Um, but you do represent a company. And so you want to be in a space where those two brands can work in alignment and conjunction with each other rather than being in conflict. And this again goes to the heart of why working for a company or an organization that has a soul is so important right now, because people are looking for that soulful work and that soulful experience um, where they don't have to leave parts of themselves uh, at, at home or behind the zoom camera, right? Like we want right. to make sure that we are showing up and giving space for the multiplicity of who we are. Right. And so, um, I mean, the pandemic was a per is, was, it was a perfect example of that, of, of uh, you know, we had to reimagine what it was like to work because most of us we're turned on a dime if we were able to keep our jobs of, you know, your personal brand did become all that you had on the screen. And so what does your background look like? And do you use a, a virtual background or do you re, uh, you know, how do you set up your camera and all these things that we didn't necessarily have to think about because you're now seeing behind the veil like that, or that fourth wall is broken and you're seeing all the things that have to do with who you are as a person. So as an organization, yeah, absolutely. Let's lean into allowing people to post what works for them individually and trust them enough to know that they represent your brand well. Right. Well, and you, uh, we were just talking with Julia uh, Jornsey Silverberg about authenticity online. And so that's an interesting line that can, that can get crossed, right? Like being vulnerable being authentic, but not to the detriment potentially of, of who you work for. Um, mm -hmm. hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but, but yeah, but I mean, you can only be you. So why not just like, let's choose being you. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Promoting your, yeah. You're not going to work for any company forever anyway. Right. So you might as well, focus on, on that, on that personal brand. And I want to talk a little bit about too, like, what do you, what is your personal brand to you? Like, what do you see as, as that? Yeah. So my personal brand has really just even in the last year has changed. Right. So going, um, you know, further into equity and inclusion work, I really have thought a lot more about how do I live those values that I am putting um, in the, uh, in my own personal brand and how do I show up in an equitable way online as part of my personal brand, because of the job title that I carry, I want to make sure that I'm 
I don't want to say like beyond reproach, but I want to make sure that I'm living out and walking it out in the way that I, I know that I can. Um, and so I would say over the last year, my, my personal brand has really grown to be kinder and gentler and, you know, um, and I wouldn't say that I was necessarily like aggressive online, but I'm very strategic about and thoughtful about who I engage with, what posts I say. I really try to like hype more people up than criticize. Um, If I am being critical, I want to make sure that I'm asking it and framing it within a question, not necessarily um, putting a finger thought provoking rather than well, you should have never thought about putting that up. Like, that's not helpful. So right. I, I, and I do see myself as um, really being in tune with how kindness in my everyday life finds itself in my online life, right? And making sure those things are in conjunction with each other and in alignment. So if someone is trying to think about what their own personal brand is, it's, it, it might be the colors that you use, but more than yeah. anything, it's how you show up. It's how you, um, how you respond to things, what you post, what you, um, what's, what, what, um, what you show to the world really. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, we talked a lot about colors and like your own branding and like the actual like mechanics and the marketing right. of it last time, which I still a hundred percent believe in. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. For listeners, you can't see this, but I have a green background, <laughs> right? That is something, but I strategically picked that color one because I like it, but then also because it does give a softness and it has, you know, and then I've got artwork that articulates a little bit of a difference. And I, you know, so all of those things are, um, are built into it. And it's very important to think through those things, but a lot of your personal brand, I have noticed for me has come through the words that I say, especially being a content creator and how, you know, essentially I get paid to write and talk for a living. So how I communicate is a huge part of how I need to be showing up because I want people to continue to consume my products. I want them to want to, oh my gosh, what did she say? That was so insightful. And I just really enjoy the way that she interacts with and you know, doesn't, oh, she's doing equity and inclusion work that doesn't include shaming. Let's hear more about that. And I I just think that really thinking through the practical parts of that is so key and essential um, for folks. Yes, I still 100% double down on what I say about like, pick your things that you like, that represent you well, when it comes to how you show up in a room, what you wear, um, how you present online, like the colors and the branding and all that stuff. Absolutely. You have to think through that, like doing that, not doing it gives you a disservice to your brand from the beginning. So coming out strong is going to be helpful, but then you got to take it like almost like a 2.0 of, okay, I've got all that groundwork done. How do I make sure that I'm still representing the persona that is who I am well and, um, accurately and authentically. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. All right. I think Jen has a big question for you. Let's go. I do. What it was the one big business lesson that you have learned since March of 2020. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say it's just keep going, just, <laughs> just keep going. I think that we, um, there's things that are put, I hope that people inside of the pandemic were, took time to find the things that were put on their heart that really give them, um, a fire to get up every morning and to be in the world. I hope that we were able to reset and reframe and help like ourselves understand better who we are. And I think sometimes when you have those moments of quiet where it becomes very clear, once it starts getting noisy again, it's easy to forget about that. And so even though the the mechanism to get to the point where I am now um, changed, it really was like, no, this is where I need to be. And this is what I decided. In those quiet moments when I 
was in my house for days, days and days straight, like not going to the grocery store, not doing any of the things, I found time to really center and focus on this idea, this business strategy. And I thought it through. I trusted myself enough to really make the plan. And just because the the steps in the plan may have been in a different order or a little topsy-turvy roundabout way, I'm this is still where I need to be. And I'm going to keep going until it works out. I'm going to maybe realign my strategy a little bit, but the goal is not going to be different. I think that's the biggest lesson of, because it it does, it works out the way it's supposed to. Yep. Exactly right. (laughs) Well, I think it's, it's always interesting to me because we ask every guest that comes back the same question and there's always like a thread through Mm. them. Like they're always, Uh everyone has this great insight but it, there's, there's similarity. Like, so yeah. everyone is, is kind of thinking along the same lines. So um, I really, I appreciate that so much. Well, perfect Cass. I think everyone listening um, gets it, like gets why they need to go back and listen to your episode 88. Um, and we're going to have to have you back or I'm going to, or maybe I hosted another podcast called trade show talk. Um, and yeah. so maybe I'll have you come back for, um, for my, we do themes each month. We already, we did two DEI shows uh, a few months ago. Um, but we'll definitely revisit that. And I'm going to have to have you on, on that show because Absolutely. you're just so wise. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And actually you inspired me to start. That's part of what we do at, at um, my role is we do actually have a podcast also all about um, organizational development and equity and inclusion work and how do you build inclusive leadership practices specifically in tech? Um, what does that look Amazing. like? So yeah, I would love, I love to that. Have you on maybe one day. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I'm always, it's always fun to be on the other side of the mic. So speak. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. All right. So I hope everyone enjoyed part two as much as they did part one. And hopefully everyone will go back and listen to our guests. If you miss their episodes, all of the links to those shows will be in the show notes. So thanks, Jen. This is a fun kickoff for season six. Heck yeah, it's been really fun. Learned a lot too. Like even though they're recap, there's still a lot to learn. There's always, you know, people are always moving forward. Like, you know, like Cass said. Everyone's got new insights that are like, you know, it's a twist on like kind of what we talked about before, which is I think like gold as well. So, all right. Thanks so much. Okay, friends. This has been episode 110 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.